Hello, and welcome to episode 275 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for... Scientist's Masonville Adventure Reassures Traumatized Son. Masonville. What is that a reference to? Masonville is, uh, is the town that they went to, Cisco and... um. Oh, yes. What's his name? Oh, he has such a cute name. Chester. Chester. My name is Rodrigo Q. Podcaster, a.k.a. Trevor, and your name is... <laughs> Julia Gulia of Internet Fame Dash Podcaster. Correct. So we only have one little bit of news this week. Um, the Star Trek Day, First Contact Day celebration uh, resulted in some new uh, previews. So we got a new trailer for uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 4, <laughs> the first little teaser for uh, Lower Deck Season 2, and a little teaser for uh, Picard Season 2, which revealed that uh, John Delancey will be returning as Q Squeeze. for Season 2. They, I loved it, too, because they didn't really they didn't tip their hand until they like made the card Ooh. and then at the same oh it was so good if you haven't seen it see it it's good yep so you excited about john delancey coming back as q um yeah <laughs> yeah i've been saying that that would be amazing and we've both been in agreement on this that that would be amazing to have him come back um and we were even discussing the ways and how that could happen, like with the de-aging at first. And then he goes, no, this doesn't work for me. You, we're, we're too different in ages now. And then he kind of like does this cue snap, the classic sort of fade to white <laughs> screen plate change um, um, snap. And then he's older, his, his normal older self, um, so that they match an age closer and he can just, I don't know, he can just be more cute about it. It's, uh, it's gonna be fun. Can't wait. <laughs> so in an interview with John Delancey, it was pointed out that he's only played the character. It's only, I mean, he's done like audio books and all sorts of other things, but he's only been in like 12 Star Trek episodes. It's crazy because it seems Seriously? like it should be more than that. But uh, it, was, it feels, he, le he left an indelible mark. It was like probably seven or eight next, well, I think he was in every season but one. So I think it was six next gen episodes and then five or six Voyager episodes. Oh, he did tinker Oh, no, it was probably five and then one Deep Space Nine. So yeah. and I don't think they're counting the Lower Decks episode for that, that he had a quick little cameo in recently. Yeah, so, that was great. So, yeah. But, yeah, it definitely has, like, an outsized um, influence. You know, you feel like he's such a staple of the franchise, even though he's been in as many episodes as, like, Alexander or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's obviously very exciting. Uh, and that's really it for our news. That's so, good news. So what was your comic of the week? I can't remember. So I your, gave it to you last week, didn't I? Your comic of the week was Swamp Thing number two. Yes, um, and it was a great comic, and I'll tell you why in just a second, as soon as my brain revs up and <laughs> reminds me why I chose it last week. So we've got this new Swamp Thing. Yes, um, there you go, okay. He's back from visiting his family in India, and something really bad happened over there that seemingly involved his brother and his dying, his elderly dying father and some weird ritual that his brother conducted, yep. and he's having these dreams where he's transported as Swamp Thing to like Arizona, where this he's confronting this yeah. ancient... I mean, this murderer yep. mm -hmm. and helping this sheriff there. Yeah. And it all kind of comes to a head in this one. This, this rotten murderer. So it feels like an avatar. I asked you this. Is this the new avatar of the rot? If he's the new I avatar so. of Swamp of, Because of it was, he was kind of like a, an undying. He's kind of like an undying. Ghost type. Yeah. As opposed thing. to the rot, which is like literally death and decay. So yeah. it's kind of the opposite, actually. I don't know. I mean, Swamp Thing fights all sorts of supernatural threats. They don't all have to do with. These, the parliament the, of uh, the other life forces, forces or whatever. is not the word, but that's more of a flash thing. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I, I reached for the same word. I, I don't was, know how to describe it. I was kind of thinking this would be the overarching plot for all 10 issues, but it's been dispatched after just two. So they're obviously going to build. And then at the end of this, this teases some other mysterious, shadowy corporation that's like um, acquired Sunderland. And yeah. so they have all the files on Alec Holland mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. and. And they're looking into him, and yeah. they're looking into um, the the new guy. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I like it. Yeah, it's been really good. So I picked. So I last week I was going to talk about Batman number one hundred seven, just because I'm really enjoying this new sort of like um, new status quo of Batman uh, with Ghost Hunter yep. hanging around and Oracle being there and all the stuff to do with you know the the magistrate kind of spinning up and the mysterious attack on Arkham and all this other stuff. Um, but I think that this week's Joker number two eclipsed it for me we talked last month about how joker number one was like probably the best first issue we've read in a long time maybe since like suicide squad number one or something like yeah. that 
I know what the the contenders would be, <laughs> um, but this continues um, continues it in a really great way. Um, it's really more. Of, it's funny because it's marketed as Joker as the Joker series, but it's really more of a Commissioner Gordon series. Mm-hmm. Like it's about Joker in in the way that like he's the driving force for everything, but he's he's definitely gets less page time than Commissioner Gordon does. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting. He's considering taking the offer that was presented to him by this mysterious rich woman to go and basically hunt down and kill the Joker. He talks to Batman about it. He talks to Oracle about it. He reveals that he knows that Barbara is Oracle and used to be Batgirl, which is a great scene. Yeah. Um, there's sort of these interludes where we see the various other forces that are going to converge on the Joker. There are some people in Santa Prisca that are creating seemingly like a new female Bane, presumably to get yep. revenge because the original Bane was seemingly, although I'm sure not permanently, killed during A-Day, which it, people right. blame Joker for. Yep. Um, there's this weird family of like weird cannibal people yeah. that are that are going to go after him because a member of their family was there in Arkham and was killed during the attack. Yep. Um, it's revealed that this rich lady that gave Gordon the offer in the first place is part of the Court of Owls. So they're after him. And now, yep. of course, Gordon is after him and Oracle and Batman are, you know, Yep. in on it also so you've got all these forces converging on joker in south america or wherever he is and he's kind of holed up there in this weird sort of like um there's a resort that supervillains can go to that they like to sort of crow about the fact that supervillains stay there and if they're safe then anybody can stay there and be safe and anonymous mm-hmm. uh but instead he goes to this nearby estate and murders a bunch of rich people there and it's done purposefully so that he can draw all of the people that are after him into like this um What's the term for when you're like bring when you've got like the high the high ground and you've got a clear vantage point with kill shots like you'd bring them into a right. kill kill box basically, yeah. um, so that he can get rid of all these people that are after him. Um, yeah, but it's really good. And then there's a continuation of the punchline backup mm-hmm. uh, with all the hijinks that she's up to in jail, and then you know her trial, and then um, Harper Rowe and Leslie Tompkins kind of trying to figure out what's going on with her and get evidence that she's not what she claims to be and so she finds she's tracking down old old associates of hers at college and everything and that's an interesting story too yeah so i think this this continues to be a really good series yeah i agree so should we move on to your activity Activity? i'm ready so this week we're going to be uh rating five more mcu supporting characters okay okay all right, so number one, Yandu Udanta. So this is Michael Rooker's character from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Blue guy, red fin, got it. Um, I love him. He's great. Um, and, and not only that, but in the second Galaxy movie, he really gets a lot of development um, and a lot of a lot more texture than in the first. The first, but you you get a sense of his texture in the first one too. So it's really beautiful characterization, and I love um, Michael Rooker too. So he does a really nice job with it, like. He's got this subtlety to his characterization that's really give it give it gives it a lot of depth, and uh, I gotta give it a five. I love Yandu. Yandu's great. Hmm. Yeah, I think a four. Yeah. Yeah. So Dum Dum Dugan. Ha! <laughs> yeah, he's great too. You don't get a lot of information about him, but oh my god, does uh, what's his name? Oh I mean, my he god, was the only actor? he was only in the one movie, and so then he just great. showed up in a couple of Arrow, other sh- shorts and TV series. Yeah, you don't get a lot of, so. of information about him. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a four just because the power of the actors who is I can't remember his name. Neil McDonough. His, thank you, Neil McDonough. His acting is just so good in that role. That is just, it, it brings it up an entire point for me. So I would give the character maybe a three, but honestly, because of Neil McDonough, it's a four. So that's for me. What about you? What are you rating? Yeah, three. I mean, it just, no. it, I know that he's a really prominent character in the S.H.I.E.L.D. comics. He's like Nick Fury's right-hand man. But there's not, wow. uh, yeah, there's not, we're not really given a lot of him to go on in the movies. Huh. Uh, number three, Abraham Erskine. This is uh, Stanley <gasps> Tucci's character from oh the first Captain God. America movie. I love this guy. Stanley Tucci, again, another powerful, powerful, powerful actor. I've, I love him in everything that I've seen him. And he's got this, he's just got this presence and this honesty and um, just this raw reality to his acting. And it's so versatile, too, because I've seen him play all kinds of characters, including Shakespeare. And he just, he just gets it, you know, he just, oh, he's so good. He's so, he's one of my favorite actors. He really is. Um, I'm going to say five, just because I really love the character. You don't spend a lot of time with them. He's a supporting character. Obviously, he shows up for one movie. Obviously, he has a function. He gets fridged, as it were. But it's so important and beautiful. And the execution is just beautiful 
five. Five. He's yeah, I really think I'd character. have to give him a five. He definitely, more than maybe any, I'd have to like run through everybody in my head, but more than most, if not all other supporting characters, I think he makes a really outsized impact in a limited amount. What's he on screen for? Maybe like 10 minutes oh, in, the, in the whole movie? Yeah. And like you, everybody remembers that character. And, you know, later when he's referred to and other stuff, you instantly remember him. Yeah. And you, like they talk about, even Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier, they're talking about, oh, you know, good soldier versus a good man. And like everybody remembers that conversation from the first Captain America movie because it was so well well written and well played. <laughs> um, so, so number... No, you you drink tomorrow. I drink now. I'm not going to test. <laughs> It's just a subtle, it's okay. <laughs> so number four, Betty Ross. This is Liv Tyler's uh, character from the Incredible Hulk movie, the the Bruce Banner love interest character, oh. General Ross's daughter. I don't think they did her any favors. I love Liv Tyler. I think she's a great actress. Um, and she's sweet. And But honestly, the character, the character as represented is not really that deep um, a character. She's strong, but she's not like really three-dimensional as poor as as written so yeah so i gave her a three i think that in the movies anyway i don't really know a lot about her but uh i mean i'm sure in the comics there's a lot more but i haven't read any of the comics so i just have to go on the on the movies um what did you give her yeah three i think she did i like her i like the actress i think she did a good job but yeah there's just there's not a lot she's she's in this movie she's like the love interest, the daughter of the main, not I guess not main, I guess Abomination is the main antagonist, but like the secondary antagonist, yeah. and she's also a scientist. And she helps by doing scientist-type things here a and there, little? but her, she's mostly important in the way that she relates to like the male characters in the movie, which is not great. But I mean, oftentimes in superhero origin stories, the main female lead is really only important in the way that they relate to the main characters. And then later on... The male characters, and then later on they flesh them out more. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. even in Iron Man One, I mean, the the one could argue that the, the writing was much better in Iron Man One. But Pepper Potts in Iron Man One, she was Tony Stark's assistant slash potential flirty love interest, right? But then you get into the later movies, and obviously they do they establish right. that relationship grows, and they do a lot. But imagine if you only had that first movie to go on, and it wasn't written quite so well, right? You'd be just oh, Pepper Potts doesn't really seem like much of a character, right? right. You could easily see someone saying that, yeah. Um, all right, so number five, no relation to the previous character, Everett K. Ross. This is Martin Freeman's character from uh, Civil War oh. and Black Panther. And apparently he's going to be back in Black Panther too. so we're going to see him again. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, because I think... They, they should put him in should... Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's I who they know. should have in there. He would I fit know. in there really well. He would. Um, I thought that, yeah, because they took him, they saved his life and they pulled a bullet out of his spine and still he's able to walk like in Wakanda because they have better science. Um, putting the walk in Wakanda. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah, no, I like this character, but I don't know a lot about his background. But honestly, Martin Freeman is a really strong, another another good casting choice. Like, they really cast really well in all the Marvel films. They, um, But he has, again, this kind of subtlety to his facial expressions and performance and stuff. His American accent isn't top tier, but it's pretty good. It seems fine good. to me. I think it's better than it's Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's definitely, yes. I'm sorry to say, but it is better than Benedict Cumberbatch. Although I've yes. gotten used to that too. It was yeah. just it was just jarring for me at first because I was on, I'd only hear, heard, yeah, I'd only heard him do Brit- various British accents, be it Sherlock Holmes or a dragon or various other British characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's... Yeah, I think he's I think he's he's great in this. I'd say probably four. Like he's he's all he needs to be is like charming and winning and sympathetic. Like yeah. being like the the white American guy who comes in to help all of the yeah black African characters could mm-hmm. easily come across as I don't know. It could be problematic in any number of ways. You yeah. could do like some weird white savior <laughs> thing, or it could be weird and be like you could be diminishing of him as a character because they want to really show that. Yeah. The black characters are very strong, which obviously they are. But you could overplay that and make it seem like he's the one white character and he's a bumbling idiot or whatever. Like right. You wouldn't want to do that either. But I feel like establishing him in Civil War and then moving him and Claw, I guess there's another, although he's a villain, so maybe we could do the villains next. <laughs> We're running out of supporting characters. Um, then moving him into this, you kind of already know him a little bit and what he's about. And you yeah. get that he's a stand-up guy, but a bit of a rule follower. And then you get, you know. Yeah, builds upon him here. So yeah, I think that, I think he's really good. So I think I'd give him a four. I think I'm in the camp four for me as well. So should we move on to our shows? Yep. So we've got a couple of episodes of uh, Batwoman, Supergirl, and the Flash. We have a, uh, a very strange backdoor piloty episode of Black Lightning, and then we have two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. So Batwoman, um, I think that I think that I'm enjoying the season more now that they're not. I mean, Ocean's back in this most recent one, which he's, he's okay, <laughs> but I'm just like, I really don't care about that character at all. 
Um, I like Alice a lot, and I'm interested in what's going on with her, but I don't right. really care whether she gets back together with this this hunky guy or not. Um, but now that the Coriana stuff isn't as prominent, yeah, I'm, I think I'm enjoying it more. Like the stuff to do with the the at the the black mask stuff. I mean, so far he just seems like kind of two dimensional. But the storylines involved, like Jacob being like forcibly addicted to snake bite, Sophie working with the bat team a bit more, Ryan going undercover in this most recent one. Yep. Um, the stuff with with Ryan and Angelique. I don't know. Like it's a little melodrama y, but I think that they're doing a pretty good job of it so far. I think I'm enjoying it more now that they're not. Now the search for Kate is over, yeah. more or less, and the show is kind of standing on its own. And I think next episode actually is going to introduce Wallace Day as the new Kate Kane. So we're, the Kate stuff is going to come back. Um, but I think that I'm I'm enjoying it more now that it's kind of telling different stories and not just stretching out the goal. Oh, we got to find the map, and then we got to find the island, and then we got to find the flower, and then we got to, you know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying it too. I like the interactions with... Um, um, Batgirl and the rest of the Batwoman. team. Sorry, Batwoman. Oh, wow. Batwoman and the rest of the team. Um, this last episode was really fun when she and Luke had to pretend not to know each other. That was pretty that was wonderful. Cute. And, you know, you get that lo- that very thrilling bomb drop at the end of the episode where Sophie discovers... I thought she was going to pull the thing out and it would literally have a bat symbol on it. Because fr- everything <laughs> I know. has a bat symbol on it, everything. right? Like, it's going to have a, like a glowing red I bat symbol. Understand. What could like, this mean? It's an AI that controls the car. Why was it recording things? Well, what also that doesn't what also doesn't make any sense is that they had a whole conversation about how it was this awesome AI, and yet Luke still had to drive the car remotely. That that's, doesn't make that's any not sense. AI. That's not AI. That's just a different eye. Right. right? Exactly. It's another human that's a eye. Control. It's not an AI that's at re- all. <laughs> that's RC remote control. Yeah. yeah. So that didn't make much sense. No. But whatever. We all know these CW shows. They're they're you, science. You squint their a little level bit of to science and technology things. knowledge is not always the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, Supergirl. So yeah. So this is going in an interesting direction. So. She's stuck in the Phantom Zone. That stuff is interesting. We've yep. got Jason Bear now as, as Zor-El. Um, not really getting... I mean, I like him as an actor generally. I'm not getting a lot mm-hmm. from Zor-El so far. It seems kind of stiff. But I mean, a little bit, Kryptonians but... are stiff as a rule generally. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's not that surprising. Um, but they did some interesting stuff with her mother. Yes. So I'm waiting for... Like, again, we don't know post-crisis. Is Argo still there? Was Argo... We don't ra- know anything. ...retconned away? Because you think she would say, oh, by the way... Mom Thousands of our alive. people, including your wife, survived, and they're, yeah. we can go see them. Um, but if they've had that conversation, they had we haven't seen it. a small mention, like, Alana survived. Like, that's that was a Allura? small... Allura, sorry. Allura survived. They had a small mention of that because he that. asked. Yeah, I don't remember um, that, but maybe. you think it would be a bigger a bigger deal. you think that he would be as driven important. as her, if not more driven now, to see his to wife that he out. hasn't seen in decades or however long it's been yeah. for him, right? Well... Um, they meet up with this new woman who turns out she's a princess from the fifth dimension. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure what to... I think they're intentionally playing her as our... We're not quite sure if we can... Because zor seemed her. like he was mm-hmm. a little wary of her. Uh, she seems like she wants to help, but maybe she was only helping to get out of here and then she's going to cause trouble. Cause um, mischief. I mean, mischief is one of... I mean, it's a raison d'etre of anybody from the fifth dimension. Like, witness Batmite, witness Mixie Spitlick. Yeah, but I mean, there's a continuum there, right? Like, Mixie Spitlick, I would say, is is a nuisance, but he's more of an antagonistic nuisance, whereas Batmite is always trying to help. Yeah. So, there's a there's a spectrum there, and we're not quite sure, sure. where she's going to fall. Exactly. But she's a series regular now. This is a new important character, so I think she's going to make it out with him. And then I really like her, so I'm glad they introduced her. And I like the, I like the storyline that brought them together. I like their relationship kind of building the the trust building between them um it's interesting to watch and whether or not she's completely flawless like we're we're definitely not going to see that she's like this perfect being but i think she's going to be one of the good guys then we've got lex luther um taking over LexCorp again he he gets acquitted from his trial he uh He's taking over Lex Corpolina after bat- butting heads with him a few times, decides to step back entirely yep. and just help our our super friends team there yep. uh, and let him do his thing because she's done, you know, defining herself by him and, and, mm-hmm. and defining her life wasting by wasting her time and energy you know, and waging war with him. Yep. Um, a couple of the, some of the stuff to do with that was them trying scene. to get. I feel like sometimes these sh- all these shows do this sometimes. It's like, OK, we've got to get Supergirl out of the Phantom Zone. So we're going to have one of the characters. It doesn't really matter which one is going to decide that they're they have to get her out of there at all costs, and yeah. then they go too far, yeah. and then someone has to come in and have a scene where they remind them to that they're 
you know, not, you know, oh, you have to listen to us and you have to remember what's really important and you have to be in touch with your emotions. Like, no, I have to do the thing. And we've yep. got to, it could have been, through. and here it was Jean. And then it was it could reversed have just as e- the next episode, yeah. It could have just as easily been Brainy or could've Lena. Been- it was kind of Alex too. Like, I feel like, you know, if they draw this out for a few episodes, they always have to have a character that's like, no, it's we have to yeah, do yeah. this no matter the cost. And then eventually at the end, they learn a valuable lesson about teamwork, but. Right. Yeah, but the, I mean, the actors are doing a good job. I, I, I do kind of, um, every time Alex shows up in her outfit and she's got like the blue in her hair, I'm like, yeah. every time there's danger, do you stop and dye your hair? And then how do you <laughs> get it out of there afterwards? That. But then they have the scene where she activates her little Martian yeah. wrist thing and she like changes. So yeah. I guess it's all, it's like she does it and it's like, it's all the sort thing of does it so she yeah. can Mental add it and take it away yeah. whenever. So I guess that makes more sense. But it's like... <laughs> Yeah. That, that seemed impractical. Like it it's did. one thing to put on a mask. Like it's another thing is, to dye your hair and, <laughs> and put on all this makeup. Put the eyeshadow on. And, and those braids are tough to nail, you know? Like, <laughs> that, that's hard to do. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Flash. So we had the one with the 90s and then Growing Pains. I, I like the one with the 90s. So I'm not, I like the Chester character generally so far. Um, he's sweet. He's kind of like a minor Wally West supporting character in the comics. Um he, oh, and cool. in the show, I'm like, I'm not sure, like, why. I mean, he's 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 likable, but you kind of already have you already have Cisco as like the tech guy, uh-huh. um, and Caitlin and you know whatever Wells is on the show this particular season to handle like the other science stuff. Right. Do we need another like science slash tech tech expert on the show? So I'm not quite sure what like his niche is yet. If they if he had like powers, kind of like he has in the comics, in some some ways that would be kind of interesting. Um, but Maybe not, they'll resurface because he was all about, you know, that that's how they introduced the characters when he had the whole issues with being a black hole. Yeah, so, yeah that's right. I'd forgotten that is how they introduced him. So I, I, I don't know. So I'm not quite sure what, like where he fits in the show, but the episode where, with, where he goes back and he meets his father and they have that scene, like, I think that was really well done. So, so I, nice. like, I like him a lot more now, um, but I'm still not sure exactly how he's going to fit into the show. And the stuff with, uh, with Nora showing up like the Speed Force, basically yep. like this different, more human iteration of the Speed Force. That's interesting. Uh, we get Psych in the 90s episode. Um, yep. And then we get, I'm trying to think, we get a new, the new Still Force user too. I'm trying to. I'm, the Still Force user was the 90s episode. Psych was the episode before that. Still Force user. Right. So Psych was, was the, the one, one before that. That's right. Right, right. Because right. he, he controls time. Right. Like in a way the, that we didn't see. The most see, recent really. one, the threat was, uh, was Chillblane, right? Yeah, Chilblain's mm-hmm. got an interesting thing in the comics. I remember I, I I don't I didn't read so a lot of his stuff was before when I was reading the Flash started reading the Flash comics and probably whenever that would have been the mid nineties, but I remember one of Jeff Johns. So Jeff Johns, who probably did the, he and Mark Wade probably the best two Flash writers of all time. But when he did his Flash run, he would do every few issues he would do like a a, a spotlight on one of the rogues. So it would be, it'd oh, be a cool. standalone issue that would be all about a villain. Okay. So he did a Captain Cold issue. Yep. He did a Mirror Master issue. He did. Top. You know, uh, I think he did a top issue at one point, and then he did one on Hunter Zolomon when he became the new Zoom, and that was like his origin issue. But the Captain Cold issue he did is great. It's probably one of the best Captain Cold stories, and it's like what made everybody – it like made Captain Cold cool again. No pun intended. Because <laughs> some people say. didn't really care. That's weirdo in a parka with an sure. ice cream. It's like a budget Mr. Freeze or whatever. Like nobody really cares. But, but <laughs> he made him re- Mr. Freeze. But he made him really cool again. And this thing was he was after Chillblane. But yeah, the whole thing is that he starts. He's like, oh, I'm my emotions are cold. Like yeah. I've seen so much and done so much, and everybody I've cared about has died. There's no, there's no there's emotion left, left in me. Yeah. But then over the whole issue, discover that what he's doing is motivated by emotion because Chillblane was responsible for his sister's death in the comics. And so mm. this whole issue is him finding Chillblane and murdering him. And that's how the issue ends. And then he, he breaks down sobbing at the end and you discover, oh, well, he says that he's done with like emotions, Mr. Freeze he's and he's yeah, got no yeah. emotions, but he's actually just, he's All, motivated he's by raw. nothing. Yeah. Also kind of like Mr. Freeze. He claims he has no emotions, but everything he does is motivated by his emotions, right? right. Um, but that was a great issue. So the only, so I only know Chilblain from that one issue where, where you learn that he was responsible for Golden Glider. Like she, he and Golden Glider had, um, this might be like, I'm getting this like secondhand. So the detail, if he and Golden Glider had gotten together, Chilblain and Golden Glider, okay. they'd become like a, couple. like a, a couple kind of like a mirror master and Golden Glider are in a lot of the recent stuff in the oh, comics. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but then he'd gotten her killed or something. And so Mir- then Captain Cold went after Chilblain and basically murdered, like impaled him on a bunch of ice or whatever. And, and he had like stolen some, cap- like he had gotten some of Captain Cold's equipment. Uh-huh. Because he was, he, you know, he was kind of like a Captain Cold knockoff. Like he's using his, 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 his girlfriend's brother's technology to commit crimes, right? Sure. And Captain Cold's like, okay, I'm taking my stuff back and I'm killing you for getting my sister killed. So yeah. That was a great issue. That's the only thing I know him from. The, so I, I think that, um, I hope we're going to see more of, of him in the show, though, because the guy was 
he was good. Yeah, it was a charismatic presence, you know, yep. and he seems like he's developing an interesting sort of relationship with Killer Frost. Yeah, yeah and the stuff with Killer Frost having to give herself up to the police was interesting. I mean, you kind of see that's probably where it's going to have to go, right? Because they're yeah. not going to be able to trick the cops forever and no. you kind of feel like she did actually commit these crimes yeah, so exactly exactly and that's I'm, what she's realized it's definitely too. a like, superhero thing and a cw thing where as soon as the character decides they're not going to be evil anymore uh, suddenly all is forgiven yes but you do every In, so often need to have consequences for this stuff so yeah yeah it does make sense yeah um so black lightning this one was an interesting one so this one is called painkiller and this is basically a backdoor pilot and boy is it the most so backdoory backdoor. back pilot of all backdoor pilots. Yeah. It's like total is like oh the character who's going to get his own show moves to a to a new city yeah. where he gets his own crime fighting friend cr- club with club. his own with yep. his own bunker and his own fancy resources yep. and his own um, crime boss to fight. Yep. I know a couple of his friends from Freeland might just show up to wish him luck, right? Like yep. this yep. totally yep. Simpson spinoff showcase. Yes, like this is totally like Chief Wiggum PI, yes. right? Yes. Um, He's very slowly getting away, Chief. Um, don't worry. I'm sure we'll meet again each and every, every week. Every week, yep. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, it, but it was good. I mean, I think the city itself is kind of weird because they're trying to make it seem like this futuristic high-tech wonderland. Yeah. But it's all done with, like, these kind of passable CG scenes where someone's driving in a car uh-huh. and there's, like, blue screen behind them. And it's all yeah. this. It has a style and aesthetic, like, kind of leans into its lack of budget. Yeah. The, well, I don't know. I think its lack of budget is apparent. I think you might be giving it more credit than it's due by saying Maybe. it's leaning into it. I think it's just obvious that they don't have much of a budget. Yeah. Um, but I think it's – but it's probably a good idea to to give the city its own – identity yeah, you know yeah, yeah. kind of like star city and central city and certainly freeland have their own kind yeah. of feels you yep. know and this should too blue valley and star girl like yep. is not mm-hmm. anything like the other cities nope. so you kind of want the, the towns to have their own identities yeah um but i think i mean we talked about i remember going all the way back like four years ago now to the first episode that introduced the khalil character when he was nothing more than jennifer's like high school track star boyfriend yep like this guy is like real like this really? guy is, is re- has real presence on screen yes. it's like he's likable and he's you know yeah so i think giving him his own show is a good idea i think that it did kind of come across a little cliched in some ways like oh suddenly he's he's got all these resources and he's got but i mean it's like it's like every checkbox he's yeah. got he's got the tech guy he's got the scientist guy that yep. are going to help him and he's got a he's got a high tech super bunker below a bar that Check. he that his friend runs and he kind of like maybe works at or something it's unclear Kinda, yeah. and there's a crime boss there that's got some crazy new thing going on that they're experimenting on people and she just happens to be related to a to a another villain from another list, show yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's really just t- checking check, the check, boxes check, but check. it was pretty good i mean it helps that he is very watchable and yeah. he obviously is super good at doing all the martial arts and yeah. stunts himself that really lends it an air of of authenticity and sort of um um kinetic nature a yeah. believable kinetic nature that i don't think these shows have seen since arrow when yeah. Stephen amell would not do all of his own stunts but would do a lot of them the and you could tell that he, but them, yeah. the show arrow would you really lean into its exorbitant impressive one take fight sequences especially yes. near the end when they kept trying to top themselves yeah most of the other shows because the characters aren't martial artists and they're they just they'll have powers like barry will speed across the screen a supergirl will fly in and it'll be cg or a blue screen or whatever you don't get those kinds of elaborate fight scenes i feel like as much i mean star girl had some great group group versus group fight scenes yeah near those the were end. great mm-hmm yeah. and there were some great stunts in there too like tigress would have awesome stunts yeah. and our man and so on um wildcat but i feel like these shows in general haven't really leaned into being like fisticuffs yeah just like but really well done since arrow went off the air so i feel like there's there's kind of a probably a a a niche that the show can fill is sort of like the action show the martial arts show you know um and having this sort of high-tech city to take place in is kind of cool and they the characters that were introduced seem interesting they just seem kind of two-dimensional so far but it's you know it's one episode it's a backdoor pilot so yeah. what can you really expect yeah um but i thought it was good what did, what did you think of it i liked it. it it set up some nice conversations it definitely benched uh some heroes that would otherwise stand on their own in terms well, of but that's what you do that's I mean, what you, you bring do. in yeah, of course because painkiller has to be the one to, to save the day and, yeah exactly um like when superman guest stars in blue beetle you know that there's going to be some threat that only blue beetle can handle and superman is going to get yep incapacitated somehow so that you sure, know so to make room for for Blue Beetle to succeed exactly, um, and and that's fine. Um, I like their 
conversations. I don't know. I There were a lot of Dutch angles. That's the only thing that I can say is there are a lot of close-up Dutch angles uh, on this one. But I, I enjoyed it, though. It was great. Um, yeah, it was yeah. fun. So Falcon and Winter Soldier. So two big episodes here. So the whole world is watching. And then the, the most recent one is called Truth. Yeah. So, I mean... The whole world is watching ends with literally John Walker. So his friend Lamar gets killed yep. by um, Carly, Carly and her yeah. her people. Specifically Carly. Yeah, and he... he Kicks him into a post and... Kind of loses it him. and basically murders a surrendering uh, member of this group, member yep. of the Flag Smashers, that is basically begging for his life yeah. in front of dozens of spectators with their cell phones pointed at him. Yep. And you get that shot which has kind of already become iconic of, of him standing there with the shield with like mm-hmm. blood dripping off of it um, yeah, and this slight crazed look in his eyes his head tilts to the side it was very very effective yeah and then the most recent one um he follows up on that so i mean uh, there's like also the speculation where's this going to go like yeah. is the u.s government going to disavow him or like dishonorably discharge him which is kind of what happened yep. or they're going to try to spin it but i mean you could see them trying to spin it, but I mean, it's the cell phone footage that's going to that's going to get, get you, you right. Like yeah. it's, even if they even if they even if they in behind closed doors agree with what he did, yep, it's a PR. He's he's a PR liability now. Yep. They've got to so they take him from the shield. They'd give it like a year for people to forget, and then they give the shield to some other white guy, right? Yep. Um, but instead, Sam and Bucky get it back. They have this really awesome fight sequence where they it takes both of them to take him down. Yep. Um, they get the shield back, and then the rest of the episode kind of. Kicks into a much uh, sort of a low, the lowest gear that we've seen since the first episode, and it yeah. revisits a lot of loca- locations and, and characters in the first episode too. Yep. So we kind of get the parallel plots of what Walker is going through, being dishonorably discharged, and then being approached by Julia Louis Dreyfus, who's, yeah. who's playing a character from the comics, and who is of like dubious or or still uncertain allegiance, yeah. and offers him. To join her doing something yeah. or someone, obviously that's gonna that's gonna play out in the I would assume in the finale or if not in some future movie or TV show or something. Yep. Um, but the main thing of this episode is Sam and, and then later Bucky follows him back to Louisiana, and there's a lot of scenes of them working on the boat together, which yep. are a lot of fun. And there's scenes of him training because I mean I guess I should say there was. Earlier in the episode, there's a fantastic scene where he goes back and visits Isaiah Bradley yep. and talks to Carl Lumbly about there's like a 10 minute scene where Isaiah lays out everything that happened yep. to him. And Sam's just sort of sitting there listening. Fantastic uh, scene. Great performance. And so he's sitting with that and he's, yep. he's got all these. Sam is sitting with that, all these weights and expectations like Bucky wants me to take the shield. But because Steve wanted to and because Bucky's like own sense of self-worth is tied up in I that. Know, a little bit. Isaiah doesn't think that he should because he thinks that it would be basically disgraceful yeah. for any black man to wield yeah. uh, the symbol of a government that has oppressed his people for so long. Yeah. Um, his sister, I guess, uh, it's, it's a little unclear what his sister's attitude about the whole thing is. She seems just kind of chill. You know with, what she is? You know what she does? She's got she her own says, stuff going on She says on you anyway. got you to gotta walk your own path. That was her. That was that was. Yeah. And and I think that kind of mentality is what he ultimately decided on in their last conversation together. And she kind of just kind of nods and like, yeah, absolutely. But you know what I think a big part of it is, and I'm trying to think if we had any scenes. If not, I think it was. I think it was um, a missed opportunity. I know there's a scene where Bucky wakes up and he sees Sam's nephews playing yes, with the shield. That was so cute. And there's also another scene where one of his nephews just sort of is sort of like looking at it and sort of tracing his finger yeah. around it. It's kind of like, I don't it's know. It's the same if, scene. I don't know if awe is the right word or just reverence, kind of, just kind of like. He's but, just kind of looking at but it. But it doesn't, it doesn't carry for him, for this, for their generation. Yeah. It doesn't care. It doesn't mean the same thing no. that it does to Isaiah. Exactly. And so Sam is in the middle, right? Like he's yeah. not, he can't afford to be as naive about America and its history as, as his like eight nephews. year old nephews yeah. necessarily can. But nor can he really afford to be as cynical about the whole thing as Isaiah, because if everybody just wrote off, I'm not, I'm not, don't mean to, you know, devalue the experience of Isaiah and like all the people in the real world that have been really screwed over by the American government. Yeah. But if everybody just said, it's I don't believe in change. America, I don't believe in the government, there's no point in, in trying yeah. to represent to, 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 to fix anything to fix those symbols yeah. then nothing would ever get better right so there's got to be you know there's got to be somebody have... somebody's got to say you know think time to symbols are imp- symbols yep. are important we can like and the scene where where sam picks up the shield early on after they beat walker and just like it's a small shot but he go with try he wipes a little bit of the blood off of it yeah. like 
And I think that's it. It but was I, so symbolic. I think that for Sam, he's trying to he's trying to straddle a lot of different lines. Yeah. But I think that I think that what he realized, I don't know, to me, I feel like we could have used, maybe used one more scene or a longer scene between him and his sister or a scene between him and his nephews. Like, they're watching him train, but I would have loved to have a scene where he talks to them about it. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you think? What does this, what does the symbol mean? What did you guys think of Steve Rogers, right? Like, what does this symbol mean to you? What do you think about what's going on right now in the world? Like, maybe they're too young, but... I would have liked maybe that one more perspective because I feel like he's being pulled in so many directions mm-hmm. by people that are trying to, you know, prop him up or yeah. tear him down. That ha- Getting more of like an unbiased perspective from kids who are like, no, Captain America's cool. He fights the bad guys. Right. Sometimes it really can just be that simple. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. the world needs a Captain America and he's a good Captain America. Yeah. You would be a good Captain America. Not to say that other stuff doesn't matter. Not to say that race doesn't matter because, you know, people that are not white can't really afford to not (laughs) factor their race into things a lot of times, unfortunately. Um, But sometimes it can just be like, you're a hero. The world needs you to be this hero or you need to be this hero because you'd be good at it and you could save lives, right? Like for Steve Rogers, he he never set out to be Captain America, right? right? There was no, obviously there was no Captain America before him. He didn't set out to be a symbol or a a propaganda tool or a tool of the government or a superhero or to save the world or any of those things. He just wanted to fight. He just wanted to fight back against bullies. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from, right? I don't want to kill anyone. Remember this whole thing. Walker, he doesn't enjoy killing people, but I feel like he doesn't quite have the same distaste for it that Steve did. Mm, Remember the time yeah. where, where, where Erskine comes in and he's like, so you want to go kill the Germans? He's like, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. That, that was his whole yeah. motivation. He just wants to stand up for the little guy, right? That's Sam's thing, except for him, the little guy isn't necessarily poor kids from Brooklyn. It's, you know, to be blunt about it, black people, right? Yeah. Like for him, that's the those are the downtrodden people that he's interested in and in pulling up with him, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And making it so maybe their life isn't quite so hard. And and he can do that. And yep. I feel like, so that's that's kind of what he, I feel like that's sort of where he arrives at it. I feel like you kind of maybe have to read between the lines to get, it's, it's all in there. But yep. it, to me, maybe it's like, I could have used one more scene where, I don't really know who he would be talking to, but where maybe he verbalizes some of that stuff. Yep. Because he's, I feel like maybe he's a little, not that he's passive in this episode, but it's a lot of other characters talking to him about what he should do. Yep. And then it just seems like he kind of decides. And I I, I really felt like I could have used a moment. Yep. A, a moment of decision, maybe in the heat of battle or even a quiet moment where we see him make that decision finally. And we's like, oh, now he's decided to be Captain America. And things in the re- things in real life aren't quite that simple. You never really, right. sometimes you don't sit down and say, okay, I'm going to make this big, important life decision now. But it's a TV show. Yep. And I feel like it would have been nice. You, the music maybe swells and you see him look at the shield and like, you know, something yeah, like um, that. Instead, <laughs> it's like everybody, he talks to a bunch of people about what to do and then he's training with the shield. It's like, I guess he decided to do it. I felt like there was maybe a beat in there that, that for me, just emotionally that I miss. But what's in there is still really good. The stuff of him training. Yep. He's got all the pads up. Bucky's helping him at first, yep. like spotting him basically. And then yep. by the end, he's doing it by himself. He's doing the flippy dips and things, yep. which is like, which is he always more. He decapitates himself well, a couple all, times. But the flips are always more of his style, right? Like yeah. aided by the wings, he yeah. would always be doing these the sort of aerial acrobatics, right? Yeah. Like Steve was, he would, the shield would be going everywhere and he'd be jumping over stuff. But he was never like very acrobatic about right. his stuff. He was yeah. more of he like the scenes like in Winter Soldier, he's like busting through the walls yeah. using the shield. Right? Yeah. He was more of like a force of, like a blunt instrument, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of nuance in how he carried himself, exactly. really, you know? He's got, yes. Um, but Sam can't afford to be that because he doesn't have the serum. Nope. Now he gets the suit at the end, which we're going to assume is like a Captain America suit of some nature, whether it's a pure Captain America suit or whether it's like a Captain America Falcon, Falcon hybrid yeah. suit. Um, but it comes from Wakanda, so presumably so per- it's going to be made by made of vibranium. So it's going to give him a bit of an edge. Yep. Um, well, it can make him. I mean, it's a it's a good tool. It's going to protect him at least, exactly. but it's not going to make him stronger. No, right? it so, will make him stronger, but it will. I mean, if Zori, for example, did it, and and she she has some science stuff, so it can collect the kinetic energy in the same way that the Panther Black Panther suits do. You I know don't what think I mean? they're going to. In in theory, I mean, yes, in theory, she could do sure. that, but I don't think they're going to do that no. because that would seem like it's just repeating the Black Panther stuff. He's, right. I'm he's just, got the shield. He probably example. might have the wings. I right. think that that's going to be. Oh, his, you think his, he'll have the wings? 
I mean, if it's a Captain America Falcon hybrid suit, then maybe he would. Yeah, but that's and that's what he's good at. That's what his training is, right? It's true, like, that's, he does fly. I think he would yeah. lean into that. Yep. I mean, if, if you do you want me, do you want me to some minor no, spoilers no, no, about no, the no, comics no. at all? No, you don't no, want me to talk no, about no. it all about what it was like because you know that no. he was Captain America for I a know, time in the comics. But I don't want to. You don't want any spoilers no. about what. This we're leading into the last episode. Okay. I don't want. I want to go in fair. fresh. Um, it's kind of out there actually. The toys and stuff leaked, so you kind of see. Oh I mean, well, they didn't leak to me. I didn't I know, see them. But so. <laughs> I mean, surprise! It's a new suit. I won't tell you what the suit is like, really. I can't but there's wait toys to see out there it, to show you what the suit is like, and I think it looks pretty cool. So it's pretty much what I would have hoped they would do. Okay, that's good. Um. So that's exciting. So yeah. yeah so now Carly is going to. So Carly's got uh, Bathrock Zilipel yep. out of uh, out of prison, and it seemed Le like prison, in, a, in a very short, kind of perplexing scene, it seemed like Sharon was maybe getting him out of prison. Yeah, I'm a little bit. So confused. is she? So again, it's like, is she good or bad? Is she the power broker, or is she? Because that's that's another thing that's out there. Is are we going to meet this power broker? Right. Is it her? Like that's yeah. So there's a lot of threads in the air, right? Yep. I, we've maybe seen the last of Zemo, although it wouldn't surprise me if we had like maybe one more short scene with him being put in prison or something where it teases. Right. I mean, everybody's thinking. Everybody's thinking. Smart. Everybody's, so. thinking, everybody's thinking Thunderbolts because in the comics there was a whole thing where Zemo put together a team of villains. Oh. So that and then later General Ross, because everybody has to be clever. General Thunderbolt Ross took over the team, the Thunderbolts, because of course <laughs> some writer's yeah, going to do sure. that eventually. So and basically. Sort of a- he, he took over and basically made them into Marvel's version of the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Okay. Yeah. So one way or the other, I think that we're going to see Zemo as the field leader or tra- or tactician or something of some villain-based team. It seems like someone basically went through and said, okay, pretty much every Marvel show or movie in recent history has been setting up either a Young Avenger yeah. or a Thunderbolt. Yep. Because we've gotten, you know... Wanda envisions kids, and yep. then we're getting, you know, like it, you go down What's the list. What's Isaiah's grandson's name? Because we saw him again. Eli, yeah, Eli, Eli Bradley. We saw him playing Patriot. Yeah, yeah so I mean, and again, basketball, like, and and we were talking about this off mic. Oh, the scene that you kind of sort of fan imagined. I really want. I hope that we see is that um, Sam accepts the mantle of um, Captain America at the end, and we see. Like you were positing that maybe that Isaiah would actually be on top uh, of the podium, like with with the rest of the team. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I was saying that there's no way that he'd go that far. But he might be more comfortable to reveal his story and come out of hiding for all intents and purposes, as we discovered in this episode. I don't, He's I don't like know. Legitimately, like if there's some sort of press conference or something at the end. I mean, I don't know. That's not very dramatic. But I mean, it depends on it depends on how accepted. Sam becomes his Captain America if it's like oh the government's after him because they want the shield back and he's kind of like he is Captain America but right he doesn't have official blessing then okay. he's probably not going to be holding a lot of press conferences no but but if they if he does if the government is kind of like yeah okay and like or at the very least they're not after him to get the shield back yeah then he has some sort of press conference they could do it where like Isaiah is like there behind him in a place of honor or they could just have it where he's in the crowd Either in, either a seat in the front row the or crowd, just somewhere maybe. in the crowd, and they well, have a shot a lot where he sees them and they is, lock eyes or something. It was it was all about his grandson too, because I think what you were saying about Sam's nephews is absolutely yeah. resonant. You think with maybe everything. Isaiah's watching it yeah. at home and he's being all curmudgeonly about it, but then he looks over at Eli and Eli has this look of um, of like, wonder in of his eyes awesome, and he, uh, his yeah, eyes kind of like uh, maybe he knows what he's doing kind exactly. of thing. Exactly, like yeah, it maybe. changes. I mean, it sort of that's affects pretty, his We heart just predicted it, so now to us it seems predictable. <laughs> but that would be dramatically satisfying, but also maybe a little too on the nose. So who knows what they would, would do? Would be on the nose because I think that's important. I think that's. I don't know. For me, it highlights the hope of what we all want, which is that maybe it's it depends. Maybe it stunk for this I think, generation. I think maybe it the would last help. One, I think it would help to have some scene in the chance. next episode where they show the younger generation. Yeah. That where they they really emphasize that in the way that this most recent one kind of hinted at with his nephews. But they do have a lot to do because they've got. We're maybe going to touch on Zemo again. Yep. We're got to. There's, there's Walker, so he's yeah. making his janky U.S. agent <laughs> shield there, and he's probably going to go and try to kill Carly. Yeah. And if Sam shows up. To stop her, he's probably going to go after him too. Uh, Carly's going after the GRC Assembly in New York. Uh-huh. So there's her plans, and she's got Batrock there. Um, Sam's going to go to stop her. Bucky's going to show up too. There's all the stuff with Walker, like we said. There's the thread with him and Julia Louis Dreyfus. Is that going to be oh, picked yeah. up upon? Um, the Contessa. Then, then there's Power Broker. Who is the Power Broker? Is Sharon the Power Broker? Yep. Is Sharon going to get a pardon? Like, there's a lot of threads they have up in the air. Yes, still. they do. Um, is this going to have a season two? I really hope. Well, so I don't know. Like, maybe that's the last thing we should talk about because they have been saying recently that 
yeah, like this show would definitely lend itself more to a season two than, say, WandaVision would be. Yeah. And they even said that uh, there's even been reports like based on the categories that Disney entered WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier 2 into for Emmy consideration. Yeah. You can sort of read between the lines and see that they see as WandaVision as being like a limited run. Yeah. And Falcon and Winter Soldier is potentially being season one of a longer thing. Right. I'm not sure how I would feel about that because if... Sam becomes the new Captain America, but he never gets his own movie and he just gets TV shows. Yeah. As much as the TV, as much as these new TV shows are every bit as important as the movies and have the budget of the movies and have the cast of the movies and all, all of that is true. But we've still been conditioned by over 10 years of the MCU to think of the movies as the real deal and the TV shows as being not necessarily lesser than, but in service of the movies, right? right? Setting things up for future movies or fleshing out characters that you already know from the movie. And all of that won't necessarily be true because we're about to get a lot of new characters that we don't know from the movies, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, right? Yeah. Ironheart. But um, but I, I still feel like the TV shows carry still a bit of that weight. And don't you feel like if Sam becomes the new black Captain America, but they don't, I'm sure he'll be in the movies. Like I'm yeah. sure whatever new new Avengers movie they're going to do, he'll be there and he'll be the leader or whatever, right? Um, but if he never gets his own Captain America movie and they just keep doing new seasons of the show, even if they retitle the show to be Captain America, it's like, it's, season one is, is Falcon and Winter Soldier and season two is um, Captain America and the White Wolf. Oh, because that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Bucky probably, especially after this season, he's healed and he's grown. He, he, he doesn't even think of himself as the Winter Soldier anymore, no. right? What if he just goes by Bucky or Captain... I mean, Captain America and Bucky was the name of the comic for a long time. So it could be that <laughs> or it could be, you know, they yeah. want to be cute about it, Captain America and the White Wolf or something. And it could just do a season every couple of years and it would be like a, a six-hour movie. Like this is, yeah. Like this is. Yeah. But I do feel like... The optics aren't great of making him the bl- a black Captain America, and, and then, then he do- he doesn't get a movie. single movie. He just he's on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about how I would feel about that. I mean, I'll take whatever I can get because I think that that's that's great, and he's great, and I, I'll watch the stuff. But if all he gets is TV shows and and appearances in ensemble movies like yeah. Avengers movies. Then that's not doing the character justice. Yeah, I feel like he deserves more. I mean, he's he already been more. in a he lot does. of movies, but he deserves his own headlining movie, even if yep. it's only one of them. I think yep. he deserves a movie, you know, Sam Wilson, colon, Captain America, right? right? Yep. And where he gets to do his, you know, it's just a sure. like pure Captain America movie with him in it, right? Yeah. Um, and Bucky can be there and other, he could have other supporting characters. Yep. Isaiah could show up or maybe that introduces, Eli becomes Patriot or whatever in that and come to becomes a, quote-unquote sidekick to him although the movies haven't really done <laughs> the mcu hasn't really done sidekicks before but maybe this would be the first um yeah i think that that would be fitting i just because in the comics of course he became captain america and then he took over the captain america series for however long it was a year or two years until steve rogers came back yeah um it's not like they just stopped publishing captain america when yeah. steve rogers quit and he just would sam wilson would show up in other comics as captain america no he took over the captain, captain america, america book name. Yeah, right exactly when Dick Grayson became Batman, they didn't cancel all the Batman comics. No, Dick it just Grayson continued with Dick Grayson as Batman. Exactly. I feel like that that lends it legitimacy. Yeah, agreed. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. So but so they can keep doing more seasons, but maybe you do like one more season, and then the the seasons the next season two sets up a, a movie, and yeah. all these characters graduate back into the movies. Yeah. But I hope that their intention is not just to keep these characters on TV, on TV exclusively. Because yeah. I feel like that would be a waste. And that's not what WandaVision did. Like, clearly, WandaVision is setting... I mean, we already know. We talked about it at Infinitum. was setting Wanda up for more roles in the movies. Yes. S- yes. Coming up, yes. Doctor Strange too, But then, presumably, even more stuff after that. Yep. And this new vision is obviously going to show up in something else, too. So, I hope that the same is true of this. That they don't just stay... Yeah. On TV. But I don't know. But I, I, they could do more seasons. It seems like from what they're talking about, um, they're eyeing Loki as one that could potentially run the longest. Oh, okay. Which makes sense because this is already like, not to say it's not the real Loki, but this is already like an alternate Loki, right? Because yeah. the real Loki died in Endgame. This is yep. a, sort of a time splinter Time splinter version of Loki, um, who and he didn't and he, have all the character development right. that our Loki did. But but he he's already like this weird offshoot, yep, almost like out of continuity, and so he could have these weird time adventures, a different time adventure every season, and yep. not inter not intersect back with the movies at all because the real Loki, the movie Loki, is dead. 
Yeah. And they could do three, four seasons of Tom Hiddleston just having weird time traveling adventures like Doctor Who. And I yeah. think everybody would love that. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's different here because the Captain America mantle yep. is not like some weird offshoot of the movies. It, it deserves to be a main part of the movies. Yeah, movie, exactly. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But I was, uh, So the season finale is this week. Um, I imagine it's going to be longer. And these episodes are already an hour long, but yeah. I could see this being more like 75 or 80 minutes, almost, yeah. which is almost movie length yeah. by itself. Yep. Because um, they've got a lot to wrap up. And who knows, what, some sort of what they'll post-credit scene. Yeah. I mean, we know that we know that originally the intention was for Black Widow to come out first. And okay. they've said that uh, the, the character of the Contessa was going to be established in Black Widow and then was going to show up here. So instead, we're getting that in reverse. Probably doesn't really matter very much. But um, if you were to say, what upcoming Marvel movie does this seem like it could feed into most? You would probably say Black Widow, even though that's a prequel, just because they both have the same sort of like... Russo brothers, espionage, sure. military yeah. stuff going on. But when this was being made, they thought that would already have come out. Yeah. So it's not going to set that up. So if there's, there's some sort of post-credit scene to set something up, it probably I don't know, will be whatever comes after. If my if I had my guess, I'm going to guess Thunderbolts. I'm going to guess there's going to be some sort of scene where maybe General Ross or maybe some new character, maybe Julia Louis Dreyfus. Who knows? Um, conscripts Walker and then goes to the raft and recruits Zemo and we see oh she's putting together a team of like anti-heroes to do like Suicide Squad type things and that sets up a, a Thunderbolts TV series yeah. or a movie or whatever yeah that would be my guess if they were to set something up from this that seems like it would be in the same sort of tone yep. as this because they're not going to use this to set up because why four, would, four, why would right? all those but, yeah, why would all those soldiers from Wakanda show up just to take him to the raft? And that's where all this theory is coming from, because it doesn't make any sense. If they wanted to bring him to Wakanda in justice, they would take him back to Wakanda to stand trial there and, you know, go to jail there um, for the murder of their king. But instead, he's going to the raft, which is like... I mean, you can kind hmm. of explain it by way of saying, oh, Wakanda is now public. They're part of the international community now. Yeah. So they're sort of playing ball and saying, okay, we're going to give him back to the UN, basically, instead of saying, no, you can't have him, we're taking him. You can kind of make it make sense. Yeah, but if, from a, from but a writer's still. perspective, I think, yeah, they're probably putting him in a place that we're kind of familiar with and that we, we get that, oh, this is a place that's kind of like it's run by General Ross, or at least it was last time. Yep. It would make sense for... And we know he's still there because he's going to be in Black Widow. Yep. So we know it's not like the actor has decided he doesn't want to do that anymore. Yep. So, if I, so my guess is... General Ross shows up at the end and or Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Maybe she's working for him yep. or something. Yep. And they recruit Zemo and probably Walker, although they might have Walker become a U.S. agent and be his own wild card. Yeah, maybe. But the only reason why I think that, that they're not going to do that is because they had the scene where she approaches him. So I think that if they were just going to have him go off and be his own hero, like his own dark hero, they wouldn't have have established the link to Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character. So that makes me think that she's he's going to be part of whatever she's putting together. True. Which I'm guessing is the Thunderbolts. But who knows? It could be some resurgent Hydra. It could be whatever, some new shield, or she could be the new head of sword or whoever. Who knows, right? But right. We, we know nothing. She's been both good and bad in the comics and both sides of sort of the, the international espionage game. So who yeah. knows what she's doing here. But yeah, so... Excited about the next episode. Me too. Final very, episode. very much, very much. Um, yeah, so if you want to reach out to the show, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about... Oh, Tink. That the shield flying by? Yes. Very good. <laughs>